Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Slim Radio News. I am Michela Grasso and today I'm here with an unusual guest, Thomas Cordes. Yes, that's How me. How are you, Thomas? I'm doing quite well. How are you? I am very good. I am enjoying the rain of Amsterdam. Which well, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of life, basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, the last week has been quite intense in the Netherlands. There have been lots of riots, a uh, lot of stuff going on. A uh, curfew has been implemented, you yeah. know, one week ago. But so far, I didn't really experience an issue with curfew, but also I don't really go out at night. So Yeah, same. I mean, uh, it, I haven't had to deviate from my yeah. usual lifestyle in the lockdown, <laughs> Well, Well, today we are talking about that, but that's going to be our last news. We're first starting with the mess that happened in Wall Street with GameStop to then move on to the Rohingya in Bangladesh. Well, uh, have you played a lot of games during lockdown? I feel like I have. I've been playing more. You know, I used to game a bit more when I was a kid. Which and games uh, have you been playing? I mean, uh, a lot of like those platformers. So a lot of Mario. On like Wii or something? Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. that's, that's nice. Yeah, that was like the console of my childhood. Yeah, well, I tried to sell my Wii in a GameStop in Italy and they offered me 20 euro for it so i never <laughs> sold it because that's not worth it True. but uh, yeah what happened with gamesop can you explain it to me because i am a bit of a dumb idiot in understanding <laughs> like <laughs> well it's it's been it's been pretty crazy right it's uh yeah. it, it's the the big david and goliath story of the of the week with yeah. uh, with gamesop being uh, before before the story being kind of like a company that was going downhill because uh, they they were uh, they were very much a physical company, of so course, very dependent on the stores. And with the Corona crisis going on, uh, that of course of course loses out to uh, more online stores. Yeah, I mean, right but it now. has also always been like that that people also game online more now. You know, I mean, it's more about the buying. Okay. Buying. Because yeah. that's that's uh, that's what they offer, right? Yeah. But that's that's why they were losing so much, and because they were losing, or because they were uh, basically going downhill in that way, uh, large Wall Street head funds were shorting them. Mm-hmm. Which uh, do you know what shorting is? Not really. Shorting is basically when you borrow those stocks from a company, so they would borrow GameStop stocks. Okay. Then uh, sell them. Yeah. In order to buy them back quite quickly after, because okay. you think the value is gonna drop, mm-hmm. right? So you sell them, then the value should drop, then you buy them back, and then you give the stocks back, leaving oh, okay. you with the profit of that sale. Okay, you know? makes sense. It also looks a bit risky, though. It is risky because uh, you have to be quite sure that the value is gonna drop. Yeah. And um, what these people on the subreddit of uh, what was it called Wall Street banking mm-hmm. uh, were doing, um, they were looking at that process and then saying, okay, so we are gonna try and buy as much of GameStop as we can. Of course, yeah. And because you're doing that, those Wall Street uh, hedge funds need to buy back their stocks because they borrowed them they have to give them back we could then they have to buy them back mm-hmm. for more money than they sold them for, yes right and that's that also increases mm-hmm. the value of the stock itself. it's like speculation at its finest yes basically. and because you buy them while yeah. the stock is being shorted that can really increase the price like this yeah and that's a way for those uh, investors those quick time investors from reddit to make uh, quite a lot of money quite quickly 
yeah which is quite clear but like i was reading online that he was also like a move against wall street so in a way saying oh you see you mess with us in a way like you mess with small companies but then we also mess with you i mean yeah i think it's mostly i wouldn't call games of small yeah sorry but uh i i think what is true is 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 that they are showing that um it it's not only hedge funds right yeah and that like it's not hedge funds that should be able to dominate or uh, exploit these situations as much right yeah because uh, the only reason also why this why why this was able to become such a big story was because so many people did it of course there and that was able because they were able to organize on the subreddit and stuff but if you don't have so many people that are willing to buy so many stocks and stuff you cannot create those effects but now investors like serious investors are really worried about this because you know they fear this is going to happen more often and yeah. their whole like game on which they build is going to collapse now their whole empire yeah. of like speculation and so on so that's also interesting because i think now the games of value is going down again because the market is trying to push gamestop down well yeah i think it's also because uh, a lot of these um sort of hedge funds are being bought out yeah. right now. And that is because um, those hedge funds and those uh, traditional investment cultures are very much based on like diversifying your portfolio. Yeah. So that means you uh, invest in a multitude of places. And because they were losing so much money right now in these places, like in the game, in their GameStop shorts, um, that means they have to sell their other parts of their portfolio to make up for those losses of course and in order uh and, and like one of those hedge funds has already gone bankrupt um and that yeah. is um but wait go go sorry no. i didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you <laughs> no worries no. and that's also because um uh that that sort of shows that this um kind of of culture and those those strategies are not as solid as they are when you have these short-term reddit investors yes. which can actually be influential yeah that's pretty interesting would you would you ever invest in something uh like, that's tough i would think you know how to do it first i, I, I mean i y- yeah that's that's the thing is is um that's also quite a recent more of development because um you wouldn't be able to trade and make these shorts and make these investments the way those hedge funds are able to do yeah and that's only a sort of recent practice that that's possible because of certain apps such as robin hood on which they have been trading okay and that that was there that was also kind of the goal of the or the identity of, of apps like that to say like oh we want to make those kinds of practices more accessible to people just like you and me or you yeah. know uh, li- just working class people being able to make these investments make these easy trades yeah. and now because of those pressures from Wall Street, apps like Robinhood have also been, uh, uh, have also, uh, you know, taken GameStop stocks okay. off the market at That's times. insane. Well, I really have problems understanding these topics and I would love to be able to invest and become rich overnight. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be hard. But yeah, let's move on to our next uh, story that is um, on the other side of the world. Actually, we're in Bangladesh and we're talking about the Rohingya minority who I think everybody has heard about, uh, you know, like 
the Rohingya yeah. are this they are considered like the most persecuted um, minority in history. Yeah, it's, it's been uh, it I feel like it's been out of the news for for yeah. a while, but it's back. Yeah, well it started in like 2016 when there was like a new persecution against them, but it's basically they are a minority within Myanmar and Mi- Myanmar is filled with minorities, but yeah. They don't like the Rohingya because they're a Muslim minority. They have like some some things that like clash with the government, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've always been persecuted, and since 2016, uh, the military has been very violent with them. So they're fleeing. Um, since since like the 80s, around one million Rohingyas fled Myanmar, and most of them have gone to Bangladesh. Yeah. Bangladesh is a very small country. It's very poor, so it can't really handle this influx of refugees. You know. And uh, right now, uh, Bangladesh is moving all of these refugees. I mean, not all, because there are like one million only in Bangladesh. And they're moving 100,000 of them on this island, uh, which emerged uh, uh, like 20 years ago out of nowhere, because there are these islands that keep emerging and getting submerged again. Is that just because of the, the tides or is that... It's some sediment, um, yeah. some sediment thing. So it's all geological so stuff. It, I mean, that, that means it can't be that big, right? No, no, it's actually pretty small. I can't find the measurement, but it shouldn't be too big if only 100,000 yeah. people can uh, be on there. But yeah, so it's considered pretty dangerous, this island. and um, But they're still moving all of these people on it and the government built like a bunch of hospital mosques uh, you know everything like a yeah. small city but human rights rights group are very concerned of course because if the island is going to be submerged again maybe during like the typhoon season uh, then all of these people are going to be in serious danger and yeah. yeah and Bangladesh is also saying that they're moving willingly but there are reports that say oh no they're absolutely not moving willingly they're being forced to move to this island yeah it's tough because what what can what uh, what else can Bangladesh do if they're so poor? But what is what is Myanmar doing? Oh, n- nothing. Uh, like the leader Aung San Suu Kyi, I don't know how to pronounce Aung her name. Aung San Suu Kyi. Yeah, yeah, who got the Nobel Peace Prize? I don't remember which which year. Do you remember? I have no idea. Oh, I think that's like almost Ten. twenty years ago. Yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah, but uh, she got the Nobel Peace Prize, you know, because she fought against the dictatorship. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, refusing to make statements about the Rohingya, and mm. she says that they are a terrorist group, even though they aren't really a terrorist group, and there are proof that the Myanmar military has actually killed some, you know, used violence against uh, them. Yeah, so yeah, that's how far I understood, like the previous conflict, that there was a part of the Rohingya, which was uh, that uh, had formed a more violent organization, but that in response to that, uh, basically everyone who belonged to that uh, population was yeah. targeted and had to f- had to move or flee or were attacked. Yeah, and it's also interesting to see. So the island is called uh, Basan Basan Char, and. It's only made for 100,000 people, but there are a million refugees. And Bangladesh is planning to put yeah. probably more and more there. Jeez. So it's also going to be a kind of demographic problem, you know. Yeah, it sounds dangerous. And very unhygienic too, you know. Yeah, I think, think also uh, uh, Bangladesh can be very susceptible to... Um, like what what is it? epidemics? Also, but more like floods oh or yeah. typhoons, Mo- you know. Yeah. I don't know when... <laughs> Rain season or typhoon yeah, season. Yeah, mon- monsoon. Uh, I would monsoon. Monsoon, monsoon, monsoon season. Yeah. yeah, 
But uh, yeah, also with COVID, it's interesting because there are going to be all of these thousands and thousands of people crammed up. But then the yeah. population is pretty young in Bangladesh, I feel like. Yeah, I don't. I, I, that would be tough. I don't know what the COVID situation in Bangladesh is in general. Yeah, I don't. So. I don't think there are a lot of official data, but they're yeah. probably also doing not too bad with COVID uh, because they're so young and they're so used to. So, is there someone else paying attention to this, or is it just Bangladesh? These things. Well, the UN is always concerned, of course, about the situation. Yeah. You know, they keep releasing statements and investigation. But yeah, I feel like there should be a serious effort. Um, yeah, I don't know if from the UN or from other countries, neighboring countries, maybe to either hold the government of Myanmar accountable or help Bangladesh and Malaysia, which are like the two main countries seeking and the yeah. refugees, to like deal with this crisis. You know, yeah. I think it's it's tough because. If you look at sort of the geopolitical um, region, yeah, that, um, there are still quite a number of uh, hostilities and oh, yeah. unfriendly relations between the countries Definitely. in that region, right? Yeah, and there are also a lot of ethnic groups, you know, like For sure. hundreds of ethnic groups sure. that don't like each other. Bangladesh is, has a huge population of its own as well. Yeah, and it's so small, so yeah. that's pretty interesting. But yeah, that was it for the Rohingya story. The last story of our of the week is the Dutch curfew project uh, protests, which I think are very funny. And uh, well, do you mean the the the, the protests against the uh, curfew or the the people who who break curfew as a form of protest? I I think the second one, like the yeah. riots. Uh, yeah, I was reading before that more than five hundred people have been arrested in this past week. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that has been done. Uh, post riots so they've uh, tried to find these people afterwards because i feel like in the first night mm-hmm. uh, when there were already a lot of uh, troubles and people yeah. outside they they arrested 25 people oh that's nothing yeah, yeah. and now it's 500 yeah it's probably like in capitol hill riots they have some footage <laughs> and they just uh, find them or their family are turning them in yeah but uh, yeah, they are chanting that people are limiting our freedom. And I was reading on Al Jazeera that um, these ri- riots were organized through like WhatsApp or like. Yeah, I mean, uh, as as a Dutch person, I've I've seen the text. Oh really? I've seen the yeah the spreaded messages. There, uh, at times they they feel like they hold quite a high uh, Microsoft Paint level <laughs> of, of creativity. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's. Um, it's it's a WhatsApp spread and almost everybody uses WhatsApp in the Netherlands. Yeah. So yeah. And in the messages it was written like bring fireworks, dynamite, gasoline and bricks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were really they were um surprisingly um ready yes. to do almost anything. In those texts as well, they were they were saying like, Oh, whatever we gotta do to show them, we'll we'll do it. But so the protesters are angry because of the social distancing measure, the curfew, the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, um, I feel like especially these um, riots, mm-hmm. um, they're mostly inspired by the curfew itself. Yeah, of course. Uh, because that's that's really the big new measurement that's been added. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, they, they, they really feel like it's uh, intruding on their personal rights and freedoms. Um, and they they claim that that uh, cur- that a curfew doesn't really have a significant effect. So. Yeah, 
But uh, I feel, I, I mean, it's my personal opinion, of course. I feel like these people are just very full of this energy that they couldn't release in the past months because everything is closed. And now they're like, oh my God, some, some new measure, like before they would yeah. be able to, I don't know, get rid of all these nerves like being nervous and anxious, whatever, yeah. by, I don't know, going out, getting super fucked up and drunk and, you know, passing out on the street. But now they can't do that, so they have to find something else. And then they do these gigantic riots, like, collectively. Yeah, yeah I think it's tough. I think it's um, definitely what you sort of uh, try to see and recognize. Also, in most of the places where it is happening, um, it is not as much in the what we call here the Randstad, so the big cities, you see the rides more in the countryside. Mm, and okay, those, that's those interesting. Those towns in the countryside also generally have less opportunities, especially for the people who are riding, yeah. which, is, which is younger people, like maybe in their late 20s, early 30s, yeah. um, who um, have already maybe less opportunities. And then because of the... Um, covid crisis they have even less, less to do course, yeah. and now they're also uh, not not able to uh, hang outside anymore and yeah. for them that's 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 a straw so i think that's not necessarily a, a way that that it's justified of course but that's sort of a, an underlying mechanism yeah makes sense and i was also seeing that a bunch of shops were like broken yes yeah and i was following this story about this woman in rotterdam who was in on a video and her shop was destroyed and then people raised like seventy thousand euro for her in one day so that was a very nice story that sounds yeah, cool. yeah. and it also like makes me angry because uh maybe the protests that were in the afternoon they were more against the economy that is going really bad, you know, and now people feel a bit left alone while the riots yeah. were just a general uprising. Yeah, that's you true. Know? I mean, um, there have also, of course, during this week, there have also been protests against the lockdown in, in general. Yeah, um, and protesting and is like a right of people. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, a, there's a difference. And I mean, there have been protests indeed also by people who say like, oh, uh, the lockdown is 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 nonsense and it's taking away my liberties. But at the same time, there have also been protests by people saying, um, um, "What like the current measurements during the lockdown are not sufficient to help uh, um, uh, help people stay afloat yeah. with businesses yeah, like yeah. economically." Um, but these riots, they have um, not really have had like a, a message outside of. We don't want to curse <laughs> yeah, of you course. and we'll break stuff. Because, I mean, it wouldn't make sense that then they break shops of people that are also struggling, yeah. you know. But, of course, uh, yeah. I was also reading another story of these people that knew the riots were going on in their, like, in the street where their shop was and they could see from the cameras, like, yeah. their shop being destroyed. So that's very heartbreaking in a way. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it feels, uh, especially the shop breaking, it, the, the, the looting, yeah. that feels so... Um, it, it, that is, you know, we always say that's always wrong. Yeah, right? it is. I that's agree. never part of trying, of protesting. Of yeah. Making yeah. your point, of making your argument. Of course, well, um, they enjoyed a nice shower from the water hydrants, from the police. Yeah. The, the protesters, so that's nice. Yeah, I especially, I f that's also something that I feel like they're much more, uh, the police and especially the, 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 the stronger uh, Police parts—they're much more present now, especially at night. 
yeah. because I think they were almost caught a bit off guard those first couple of nights, but now they're much more of present course. and yeah. they nip things in the bud quite nice quite quickly. <laughs> Well, thank you for being here, Thomas. Uh, we pleasure. are at the end of our podcast uh, and uh, I will see you people next week at the next news podcast, Slimmer Your News. Uh, thank you so much and have a great weekend. Have a Bye. great weekend.